Hello and welcome back to the Excurse episode three with Mira Morningstar. After uh, about half an hour of messing around, I do apologise. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. Um, it's lovely to see you. It's been years now, I guess, since I saw you. I know. Well, I saw you just a second ago when when, when the when the video, video was working. <laughs> So that was lovely, but before then, it's been years. So yeah, yeah. it's been a it's been a long, long time, um, and uh, yeah, it's really nice. I'm really enjoying this new uh, this new podcast format. I get to just catch up with people and uh, and talk about artists in general and uh, and what they're doing. Um, less focused on just films or anything else. Um, and obviously, Mira is uh, is a musician, a writer, producer. Um, so I guess. Uh, to start with, you know, where did your love for music start? What inspired you to to start writing and to start getting into music? Right. Um, I think it's always been there. So mm -hmm. according to my parents, um, I started singing before I, I could speak. So Wow, okay. Um, my first, that was my first way of communicating with the world was in melodies mm -hmm. and um and then forming words but singing them kind of like a musical. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah and then and then gradually i started talking but um so it was always music that that i seemed to connect most with um and um yeah i think when i was a kid obviously um i was i was bullied so much that music became my escape yeah. um and um and it, it and a source of strength and um and and, and power so through mm. that i became it's, it's difficult to say because it was always there if you know what i yeah, mean it's just the that's... one thing that's always been there so um yeah it was it was just a no-brainer really that i'd end up becoming a musician that's what i mm -hmm. always wanted to do i always wanted to write my own songs and it was a really it was a long road though yeah i, I, I didn't I really have the, yeah i didn't really have the confidence to do it for ages mm -hmm. um until i was a teenager and then i thought well sod it you know <laughs> i'm just gonna do it now yeah so and, that's and, it, uh, and you did so i guess that that's like pretty much all you ever wanted to be um was was a, a singer and writer of music that's amazing that's right yeah uh and then you uh originally from germany right so you emigrated to the uk uh how old were you when you did that yes i was about i was about 12 years old oh, when 12, we decided okay. to move together and so yeah. you ended up in Glastonbury. Um, why Glastonbury? So it's a bit of a weird story. We chose Glastonbury originally, but then um, things fell through with the house, and but we had sold our other house in Germany. Um, so we ended up having to completely relocate, um, and we ended up in the Midlands of oh, all places. Wow. And not Glastonbury. Um, so we stayed in the Midlands for quite some time. And, you know, gradually over the years, I think we just sort of forgot where we wanted to end up. It sounds bizarre, but it took us at least 10 years or maybe even longer to realize, hang on a minute, we wanted to live in Glastonbury. Why are we still in the Midlands? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I went to school in the Midlands and everything. And Derby, actually, um, and um, yeah. So it wasn't until much later that we that we were finally in Somerset, and even then, it took a while to be in Glastonbury and we Clevedon first. Oh, I um, love Clevedon. So, yeah. It's a really nice town. Yeah. 
it's really beautiful, but it's boring when you're in your 20s, I must say. <laughs> well, there's always something going on in Glastonbury. It's one of the things I really love about Glastonbury. Um, it's it's such, a, such a lovely place. It is. And people are so friendly here and you're allowed to be whoever you want to be. I really like how um, how these things are celebrated here instead of, you know, yeah. people giving you weird looks when you have, say, pink hair like me or, you know, <laughs> yeah. if you're old. If you're alternative in any way, it's sort of it's celebrated here and, and it is. instead of ridiculed like it is in other places. So it's a really nice feeling. You feel more free here. You feel more accepted and um, it's full of artists and fellow creatives. So, um, it yeah, is. it's, really it's such a creative place. Like every shop you go in, there's handcrafted items. You're you're surrounded by creativity. I am. Yeah, I've got friends who make jewelry. Um, my friend Sophie of Forest Horn. Um, for those who are watching the video, like this, this is the sort of thing she makes. Yeah, wow. And um, like beautiful crystal jewelry. Um, I've made a few pieces myself. Um, mainly unicorns and crows, but it's it's just sort of something that i like to do when i'm not making music you know it's nice to yeah. sort of shift your creativity every once in a while because um, i think it helps the creative flow to have different outlets every now and again i completely so, agree uh, yeah it, it just helps sort of um un <laughs> unclog the creative process yeah, yeah. sometimes you can get stuck in one thing and and then you know you no matter what you try you can't get past that little bit and then sometimes I find myself for example if I'm stuck on a song and it's just not going where I want it to go if I then end up making or doing something completely different but something yeah. still creative it kind of paves the way or, or shows me the way and then I know what to do with that song again it's just sort of having to I think it's maybe also letting go they say you know, a, a creative mind is a relaxed mind or the other way around. I can't remember the saying, but it has something to do with being relaxed in a relaxed state of mind. Um, and I think to get there, it's good to to just to explore different paths and, and you know, just just do different things and not be so stuck in one thing all the time. Yeah, um, it, that actually quite nicely brings me on to the, the, the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, which is, um, you know, what is your, your creative process? Um, I'm, I'm really curious as to how you come up with songs. Uh, does, it, does it take you a long time? Um, you know, do you lock yourself away? Uh, what, what is your kind of process for writing? Yeah, well, it, um, it, first, it depends on the song. Yeah. Some songs just come to me and it's really weird because I don't, I don't even know half the time what I'm going to write about and then it just happens and then I and then I know what what's what's been sitting there wanting to come out. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes it's to do with um personal things or and experiences and other times it's just complete escapism and something that seems to come out of nowhere. Um yeah. So um it it really depends on the song but sometimes I have really interesting um experiences where um I, I i wrote on this song for my new album and i couldn't i couldn't figure out part of the production i was really stuck on one thing and it was really annoying and then also stuck on a melody i wanted it to go somewhere and i just couldn't get there um and then i had a dream about it a dream okay yeah i had a dream about the whole song and it and it magically and it was just a sonic dream and everything rearranged itself in, in this dream. And suddenly when I woke up, I knew what to do. Right, and I did okay. it. It was so weird. Well, that's really interesting. Yeah so, yeah, so that's also part of my process sometimes. It's just my dreams. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, 
it's what instrument what instruments can you play that's that's the other the other thing I'm, I'm never sure of because i hear your music and it's very like ethereal and um kind of uh spiritual i guess is, is a word for it um and and there's a lot of layers there's a lot of layers to your music um what instruments can you play what instruments do you write with um you know so I've got my my cork keyboard. I just mm-hmm. play everything on my keyboard. I use plugins and I mainly use uh, Atmosphere right. actually. Um yeah, so plugins are my friends and then obviously I sing as well. Oh, yeah, my yeah, vocals oh, yeah, yeah. some of them. So mm-hmm. yeah. Wow, yeah. I tried my hand at guitar but I don't know. I just I just don't really get on with it. I tried it once and I was just yeah, I couldn't get the hang of guitar no matter how hard I try. My fingers hurt after a while. I know you're supposed to get past it, but I just never have, and I never did. And even no. if my skin, you know, gets all callous and 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 hard from it, even then, I I, I still just can't get over hand cramps, no matter how hard I try, no matter what techniques. And I just don't think it's my instrument, sadly. No, well, I guess yeah, it's it's not for everyone, is it? um but no. uh, you know the the keyboard goes a long way and you certainly layer uh, i love the way you layer your your, your keys it sounds it sounds awesome um no, thank it, it's you. it's such a unique sound to me um I, I don't know maybe there's there's a lot of artists uh out there that sound similar but to me it's it's very unique um i remember we did a music video um years ago now didn't we for something on woods of hope i think probably was the album oh my gosh yeah it was bouquet of memories that's ages that's bouquet ago of memories now. yes that's the one it yeah. was so long ago now um but oh yeah God. i i think that was like the first time i was introduced to your music um properly was it oh, um that was and... the beginning <laughs> yes it was yeah yeah it was it was a long long time ago um and it's amazing to think back then to now um and and the kind of stuff you're producing now which is uh just incredible um so um you've released like one full album now haven't you? you've done like an, a couple of eps and then your full album which is uh realm of the unicorns yes i've had two albums a few singles in between um that had that didn't really have much to do with the albums if yes. that makes sense yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but uh yeah realm of the unicorns um was my latest one which is some time ago now but i've yeah. got another one coming um finished writing everything for it it's called curious forest spirits Ooh. and um i'm super excited I, I can't wait to share it is um is that does uh you released a single in 2020 called moon cocoon is that involved in this album is that part of this album or is that a separate just a separate single i think i think i'll leave it separate originally mm-hmm. i thought it would be part of the album but um having having completed the writing process for it now, i don't really feel like it fits the whole vibe anymore mm. um so i leave it as a standalone single um it was more like the pandemic song that i didn't know i'd end up writing because <laughs> yeah I... <laughs> that's us yeah i think we all did something during the pandemic we were like well i'll just experiment with this because i've got the time and you know i'll give it yeah. a go the weird thing is though i wrote moon cocoon about three or four weeks before lockdown before our oh, national really? lockdown Oh, yeah, wow. and that was the weird thing. I had most of the lyrics and everything already there. Mm. I didn't really know what I was writing about until we hit lockdown. And I thought, this is weird. This is eerily, like, it just fits. Why does it fit? That's creepy. And you sort of predicted <laughs> <I didn't>... lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. 
No, I, I mean, maybe I heard something, you know, on the news, something yeah, in Wuhan yeah. or something like that. Maybe that's what, you know, sparked this creative mm. process. But I obviously I would have never thought that it would that would affect us all globally as much as it has. I mean, no one no. thought it would. I, I um, remember me and my fiance going to London uh in february before the pandemic and I, I remember taking hand sanitizer at the time and everyone was like you're being ridiculous this is so over the top but i was like well it sounds pretty bad like by then it had come to london and and we were going to london i was like oh you should probably be careful and uh yeah like to think a month later full lockdown yeah. um and then of course it was like okay we're going into lockdown it'll be a month two months and then we'll be out and it'll all be fine and and here we are you know getting towards the end yeah. of 2021 and it's still it's still upon us it's uh it's a crazy situation how have you managed i guess it's it's uh given you a lot of creativity clearly you've written an album during lockdown i guess yeah um my it's it's been really strange i mean i've mm. had so much personal growth actually more more so than the than the writing process because it you know, it, it affected me just like everyone else, of course. But yeah, I, of course. Yeah, I had some really, really dark nights of the soul. Um, I really wasn't coping too well with uh, not being able to go into nature as much. I mean, we have lots of beautiful nature here, but you, you certainly know, I do, Glastonbury. Yeah, we do. But um, yeah, because of because of my living situation, I did not go out at all for three months, like at all, not even oh, for right. a walk. Everything was ordered in um because i i live with people who whose immune systems might be slightly compromised sure. and we didn't know much yeah. about the virus back then so i didn't want to risk anything and just thought no i'm gonna stay in i'm not gonna leave the house at all no and that was so bad for my mental health it's in the really beginning. yeah it's it's really bad for for people's mental health to, to kind of do that but i i did the same early on i was we were all just terrified of this of this virus and we all just locked ourselves away but you're right it doesn't do us any good um in in the long run and at least now you're getting back out i see a lot of uh, a lot of photos of you back out in nature and up the tour and whatnot. yeah <laughs> i'm still sort of um sticking to glastonbury i'm not yeah. going on yeah. you know but at least I'm you're, not going anywhere. At least you're getting out and but, getting some air and, yeah. and all of that stuff, which is, you know, kind of the key thing. But it's funny that you said you went um to, you went to London in uh, February before it all started. Mm -hmm. Because I did as well. I did oh, the did same you? thing. Uh, yeah, with my hand sanitizer and everyone gave me strange looks. I thought, oh, you're so over the top, you know. Yeah. As if I like Sheldon Cooper of Big Bang Theory or something. Yeah, you just, you just <laughs> felt like an idiot. And and then yeah. a months later, it was like, oh no, actually, uh, this is pretty serious. But um, yeah, it yeah. Is, it's been a strange, strange year. So you took the year, obviously, you know, after you you got used to lockdown and and and, and all of that. You you started writing this new album then. Yeah. So after a few months of um, having to go through a lot of personal growth and yeah. development, and then. I don't know. I just sort of developed some kind of strength that came from from within, and um, managed to write on my album, which I I meant to do for ages, but it just never really came about. You know, it always just sort of I had an, I had ideas, and then I scrapped them, and it wasn't good enough. And you know what it's like as an artist; like yeah. you need it to be right. Forcing um, forcing then, something is the worst thing you can do. I think. Um, yeah. You know, if when I if I'm trying to write a film script or or a, a piece of writing I've been asked to do if i'm if i'm not in the right mood i just won't even bother because i know if i'm not in the right mental state 
it will just be awful it will come out in the writing it it won't be uh or at least at least mentally i think it won't be worth producing if if i'm not in the right right state of mind when i when i wrote it you know um and i imagine even more so for music because music's so much more personal um especially for you anyway your your yeah. music's extremely personal um so yeah that's uh that's interesting so when is it is it too early to to ask when it's likely to arrive yes yeah, so um <laughs> it's difficult to say because i do everything yeah oh yeah no no no. that's that's the thing you you literally do everything with your music there's there's no other i mean you've done collaborations before i know but in general your albums are a hundred percent you all the music all the writing all the vocals and maybe your parrot but we'll talk about your parrot in a bit because i want to talk about you Um, yeah so i'm thinking i've got every i've got all the songs together now um i've had a recent edition as well um so once yeah because you never know what life throws at you right but um yeah, everything is written and it's uh the, i mean lockdown was actually good for it because you know as i said i couldn't escape anywhere my music is all about escapism and traveling to other realms so yeah this is what i've sort of created a little portal to another world to um escape to um and um yeah so i need to i need to mix everything now i've got the album cover all sorted and shot um so that's, i love your that's album fun. covers who does your album covers do you do those yourself as well uh or do you do you uh have someone specific that you go to for those so so far it's always been somebody else mm-hmm. um the first one was by my friend damien uh damien yes, Morning. So yeah. you know damien yeah, yeah. Second one was by uh, was the, the illustration for uh, Realm of the Unicorns was by Casper Crow. I he love is an that illustrator. illustration. Yeah, it's beautiful, it's isn't lovely, it? Lovely, yeah. Um, and then there have been others, um, and uh, that was Joseph Hunwick. He's a really amazing photographer, mm-hmm. and he also um, he shot Heart Armor Thirty Three. Um, yeah. So he he shot my portrait for that one, and he has also uh, worked with me on the uh, on the next album cover for curious forest so and uh that was amazing we went to the forest it was so cool and uh, (laughs) after two years you were allowed out in the forest and got some got some nice shots for the album that's great yeah it was exciting (laughs) i felt like a little kid (laughs) yeah so So, i'm thinking to answer your question i'm thinking that hopefully the next few months oh great great sorry i I put you on the spot a bit there i was like when's it coming that's all right (laughs) we need to know (laughs) i'm just thinking out loud because you know as you said i don't want to rush anything i want to deliver just the best for my fans i really don't want to like have it i don't i don't want it to feel like something that just like threw together so it's out there i really want to put my everything in it so i think hopefully february march and if i can sooner of course of course yeah 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 but you know like you like you said and like you know like we were just discussing you can't rush these things um I'm just excited to hear it. So, uh, yeah, no, that's great news. So your lyrics are kind of, they're very magical. Um, and, and I'm kind of curious what your inspiration for that is. It, 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 do you have any kind of literary inspirations or, or film inspirations? Um, or, or is it just all just from yourself? Well, uh, yeah, it depends on the song. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it uh, is inspired by brothers grim fairy tales wonderful um that was from uh woods of hope but i yeah. used a lot of things from 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 fairy tales actually mm-hmm. um 
and others your music been... sounds like a fairy tale though eh? that fits perfectly you know oh thank you <laughs> i love fairy tales especially mm. especially really old ones apparently did you know that some of them are older than the bible I, that, you know, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, it always the thing that surprises me the most, I think, going back on those old fairy tales, is just how hideous some of them get. You know, they're they're quite they're quite nasty. You know, we we kind of think of fairy tales as they, they do get very dark. Some of those fairy tales, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my music's not necessarily really dark, but no, it, no, no, it has an element of darkness in it. Yeah. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, fairy tales, dreams as well. And of yeah. course, um, as you know, like most, like all, a lot of musicians, um, personal experience that sort of all gets put through, I guess it's personal experience that gets, gets put through a, a spiritual fairy tale filter, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that's basically it, really. It depends. A lot of it, I think, is also just, yeah, being in Glastonbury. It, it made it, yeah, me I imagine that helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is a magical place. Um, you know, when you go up to the, uh, is it the, the White Springs up there? Yeah. Um, up there is all just, yeah, really magical. And uh, and, and the tour even as well, uh, all of that that sort of area. It's just a, oh, it's a lovely place. We must go back soon. Yeah. Um, have you seen the dragon's egg, the egg stone by the tour? No, no, I don't think we have. We The last time we went was just before, I want to say it was the winter before the pandemic. Um I think that was the last time we went or maybe we we do you know we might have even gone in between when the, when the pandemic ended i think we might have briefly visited um but yeah we've not been back to spend any real time there for for a good couple of years now so we're due a visit for sure um so where's the dragon's yeah. egg where where is this it's on the side sort of of the tour it's really oh, cool. cool it's a it's an it's an egg-shaped massive stone it's called the egg stone and i think one legend says that one day a dragon will hatch and um everything is gonna turn topsy-turvy and the world is gonna change (laughs) i don't think i've Um, ever seen it so that's presumably been there forever um yeah i don't know Ah. when i was a teenager i saw it the first time i can't remember how we even heard about it because not many not even many locals know of it to be no, honest i was gonna say i've never heard of it I, I used to go to glastonbury an awful lot and i didn't know it was there so uh, i will definitely be checking that out though yeah so when you you can sit on it and apparently um if you make a wish it comes true so try oh, and well, do that that's good to know <laughs> maybe we can just get out of this pandemic right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's go sit on the egg <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to hear is where everyone tunes out and stops listening to this podcast. But one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was veganism, uh, because I've, I've been vegan for over two years now. Uh, you've been vegan since I've known you. Um, when when did you decide to become vegan? I'm, I'm curious, you know, what led to that? Have you always been that way? Have you always, you know, were you raised vegan? Um, what was kind of right. your journey into veganism? Well, that's awesome. So welcome to the vegan wagon. That's amazing to hear. Um, yeah, so I I was always, I was born vegetarian, raised vegetarian. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, I've never eaten meat. Um, mm. And um, then when I was a teenager, I think I saw leaflets and, 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 and stuff in Derby when I was about 16, 17. 
uh, about dairy and, and and the dark side of it. And I thought, yeah. oh my gosh, you know, I don't really want to be part of this. But at the same time, like I'm not into cooking and I live with my mom <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just couldn't figure out what to eat and, and how to be vegan. And this was, you know, when I was when I was like 16, 15, 16, 17, there was that we didn't have that many options at all. Like there was hardly anything. You couldn't just go to a supermarket and and, and buy a ready meal or, or anything like that. You really had to make everything from scratch and no one was really queued up on this whole idea. It was, it was, it just sounded nuts to most people. So anyway, um, I scrapped that idea then, um, sort of had less dairy. Um, yeah. and, um, then when I was about, when I was in my early twenties, um, and I moved to Clevedon, I worked for, uh, Viva in Bristol. Oh, great. Um, okay. Vegetarians, International Voice for Animals. Yeah. And they really helped me become vegan. They um, not only did they educate me on um, the, the cruelty of the dairy industry and the egg industry and everything else around it, um, they also helped me in um, choosing what to eat, how to uh, how to have a nutritious diet on, as a vegan, and you know where to get your your treats if you want them, so you don't <laughs> yeah. feel like you're missing out. Um, and well, tons that's of that's an important element. That's a definitely an important element. Yeah, and that was about oh my gosh, yeah, I was in my early twenties, so mm. that was. Viva are fantastic. Uh, they're they're a really a fantastic time. group. They are, yeah. They've really, I think they did a lot in Bristol, you know, to sort of. They're still at all the all the vegan fairs. They've always got a good presence. Um, they do some talks as well sometimes. They they yeah they they still seem to have a very big presence. Um, and they're yeah they're absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. So yeah, you're right. It, you know, it's really interesting to me because my fiance's vegan, um, but uh, it's been interesting because I I remember I've had friends who were vegan in the past. I've cooked uh, vegan food in the past, um, and it's amazing to me just how far it's come in. I want to say like five six years difference between between six years ago and now the amount of products that are available to, to us now uh, and how easy it is to get everything now. I remember going to Holland and Barrett and that was like the only place I could find any sort of vegan cheese, anything like that. Yeah. Um, and now you just you just go on Asda. I, I made an Asda order earlier on and it's just, yep, vegan, type yeah. it in and there's hundreds of options. Um, and pretty much any food, I, I can't think of a single food that I like personally that I like to eat that I can't just buy now with and, yeah. and, and make with very little effort because it used to be a lot of effort to make something vegan uh that, that's similar to something you know like omelets or things like that are still kind of a bit tricky but um but it's yeah. so much easier now it's it's fantastic um it it's so accessible and i think it's great when you see all of these different companies um starting to give at least give vegan options there's at least a vegan option on almost everything now um even those companies that were previously completely non-vegan um they they now provide options um and it's so much easier it's it's fantastic i always joke to my fiance that i've got it so much easier because i waited until everything was like really really easy to do and and you guys just suffered through all those years of, of having to to make do with holland and barrett and their their uh their ropey cheese that uh i still um, i'm still not a fan of um 
No, what was it? The cheesely that just oh, that was all we had, and now we have so many different. Oh, there's great stuff varieties. now. There's great yeah, stuff now. Really... And it wouldn't melt back in the day, you know. It was just this weird potato cheese that we. Had. Yeah, and in fact, I got tagged in a uh, in a in a post earlier by my fiance. I'm gonna try and find it while we talk. But uh, it actually uh, they they're doing like they've produced a new melting cheese, and it looks absolutely fantastic wow. it looks perfect um so yeah it's, it's getting better all the time um it's really interesting that you started off vegetarian as well so you've you've never even had meat in the first place um which i think is is incredible um and it, it kind of leads me nicely on to to something i wanted to talk about actually because i find really fascinating is that obviously i wasn't vegan for most of my life um and i distinctly remember having a conversation with you years ago uh in in the pub i don't know if you even remember um you know where i was saying all the usual things that that people who aren't vegan say you know or people that eat meat and and don't see that say oh you'll never get enough protein you can't get enough protein like it's not possible you won't get the nutrition you need you won't get this you won't get that um and it's really funny because i remember having that conversation with you and we were obviously friends you were very polite and um, and whatever but i i find it interesting the the misconceptions around veganism and even today even now um i mean it took me a while Uh, it took a long time and a lot of digging on the internet to actually find good information not by unbiased information on on vegan diet because there, there seems to be so much out there that kind of pushes against it um it's all like you know you need you need these vitamins you can only get them from meat you need this you can only get it from meat and invariably you can get it anywhere you can get it from tablets if need be um and and a lot of what people are having through meat is being fed to the animals in in tablet form anyway so they're not getting a pure source exactly. of it in the first place um exactly. but it's it's amazing uh and you know i'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on on just the the whole the the way things are changing because it feels like although that kind of anti-vegan propaganda is still around it, it's becoming less and less prominent in to, in to my eyes anyway and i'm curious what you think about it and what you see at that it, it feels like things are coming around you know oh definitely it's such an amazing transformation you know having been through this since when was it 2006 or something Mm. and i remember going into a bakery asking if the flapjack was vegan and they said oh sorry we don't do that flavor to you know (laughs) to now seeing all these options of course there's been huge change and yeah you know a lot of naysayers said oh it's just a it's just just a trend you know like coconut oil is good for everything and now no one really (laughs) hardly talks about it or goji berries but no it's actually a trend that's still going up and up and plant-based really is the way it seems because people i think people feel better i think that's why you know people just feel better on 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 a plant-based diet so but i don't think people realize that mm. until you do it because i did it and i as someone who ate a lot of meat and a lot of cheese um because i was told that was the source of protein was was meat and so i as much meat as i could because that's what i had to do to to you know have as much protein in my diet as possible um but oh my goodness that the difference once you get that out of your system and i want to say like a couple of months maybe two three months i started feeling a lot better um removing meat from my diet and dairy for me was always bad Uh, dairy was always bad for me um 
and I kind of knew that, you know, I, I knew dairy was bad for me, but I kept, you know, kept doing it anyway. Um, yeah, the same here. I mean, I loved cheese, you know, non-vegan cheese when I was vegetarian. Mm. I had a lot of it. Um, it's kind of addicted to it. And then obviously mm. when I stopped, I noticed just what kind of effect it had on my body. And, um, you know, yeah, being a vocalist. It's unbelievable, I, isn't it? Singing was so much easier. I wasn't so, you know, bunged up anymore and I didn't even realize I had so much that sounds you know gross but so much mucus but it just yeah it feeds mucus so if you if you ditch dairy altogether like your whole system just everything seems to work better and more efficient and I just substituted back in the day because there wasn't much uh, no, vegan cheese back in the dark days I had, <laughs> I had hummus instead and oh, suddenly I started I... to get muscle mass out of nowhere and I wasn't even working out like I had more <laughs> fine dance. I was like, oh my god, what's going on? <laughs> I love hummus. I've always loved hummus, so that that's that's one thing I've always had, regardless. <laughs> you know. Yeah, we're lucky here in the UK. Like, if you go to Germany or somewhere, you have to like, really dig deep for hummus in the supermarket. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, strange. Yeah, it's always been uh, it's been a big thing in the UK for as long as I remember. I think hummus. Yeah, um, yeah, we're really lucky. Like, I, I, I thought, you know, I, when was it a few years ago uh, before the pandemic? I went to I went to Germany and I thought, okay, like, what am I going to eat? I'm going to go back to the old hummus, you know, <laughs> when you don't know what to eat as a vegan. Yeah, and we didn't have any in the supermarket. There was no hummus. I was so shocked. Oh my so, goodness. Yeah. There's a, there's yeah. apps now as well that you can get that that uh, oh, I forget the name of it. Um, Paula's got it on her phone, so she kind of guides me. But you can get these apps now that will just uh, tell you where all the vegan places are, where you can get vegan food, um, which is just so much more handy. Um, you know, cool. it, yeah, wow. yeah, and and you can find out if they're fully vegan or if they're part vegan or or you know whatever. Because one of the things that we uh, that, that Paul always says is that you know it's, it's always really awkward when you have to go somewhere and ask, you know, can you make this vegan? Do you do this vegan? Yeah. Option? So more often than not, if we can find somewhere that's just vegan, we'd rather just go there because then it's like you could just order whatever you want off this menu. It's not a problem. It's gonna be it's gonna be vegan regardless. Um, it's it, yeah. true, actually. But you guys are—you have so much choice though oh, in your area, don't you? Bristol's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> Bristol is like—I I think it's kind of up there as one of the vegan capitals. Uh, Bristol. It, yeah, there's so much choice here. What's it like in Glastonbury for vegan options? I'm guessing it's pretty good. Yeah, it's amazing. We've got um, Earth Fair here. You can get so many vegan vegan products there. Then we've also got. Um, oh, is it called? I forgot. It's a—is it the vegan box or something? Is it? It's, Used, there used to be a catering company for festivals mm. um and now it's just this vegan takeaway which is amazing and i think they're going to expand here in glastonbury oh, too great. so they do amazing foods um but you know what the funny thing is like now that we have all this amazing stuff out there i've changed my diet again and i'm just super clean eating now um and I have like one cheat day a week. Yeah. So I I don't really eat anything processed anymore. <laughs> it, well, I've I've done that. Yeah, I've I've always had a pretty clean diet. Um, so I I did the same, and I think that kind of helped in a way because a lot I I find it almost easier to be vegan because then it was like oh well a lot of the things that I used to to cheat with are just not an option anymore. Um, right. Okay. You know, but um, but yeah, clean eating is uh is uh 
it's well obviously by definition it's easier when you're vegan anyway um because you're already eating cleaner than most um and it's funny because you think about things and i i know you're you're trying to remove a lot of processed stuff which which makes a lot of sense but it's always funny to me like i still treat things as if they were the real alternative so like if i get vegan cheese in my head i'm like oh that's cheese i shouldn't eat too much of that cheese when in reality you're like well actually it's just like cashew nuts and god knows what just crushed up really it's not it's not cheese but in my head mentally i'm like oh i shouldn't eat that that bacon because bacon's not great for you but then it's like it's vegan bacon it's no different than the other vegan meats you know it's just it's fine yeah um I mean, you can get really good stuff. Like oh, amazing things stuff. Made with, like pea proteins and stuff. Mm. And it's not even wheat protein, like, you know, because a lot of people can't really handle it or yeah. don't feel great on wheat products. So, um, yeah, you can get pea proteins and, like, and what was it, uh, chickpeas and stuff. So yeah. a yeah. lot of the things that seem like cheap foods aren't. No, really no, they're cool. not. Yeah, yeah it's funny though one of the things we always find i don't know if you find this on your cheat day when you're when you're looking to order something or or get something in we always find this this weird situation where i i think like i think it almost feels like people want to apologize to vegans now because we've been mistreated you know you've well not me i've only been doing it for two years but you know long-term vegans they've been mistreated over the years and it feels like they're kind of going overboard now to, to where like we try and this is this is how good I've got it and how easy life is now for me as a vegan in in 2021. I'm complaining, but um, it, it's so much like you you go to order like I just want to order a cheeseburger. This is a problem that, that me and me and Paula have all the time. It's like well, I just want to order a cheeseburger. But you find if the vegan option, I think it's because they're like, oh, vegan people don't get to have enough treats, so we'll just go crazy. And it's like you can't just buy a cheeseburger. We're gonna put hash browns in there and fake bacon and and all this mayonnaise and and like hot sauce and you know uh, fake pulled pork. And it's like no, we just want a cheeseburger. Can we just have like a, a plain cheeseburger? Is that is that possible? <laughs> it always feels like an apology where places are going like so overboard now. They're like no, give them everything, everything they've missed. Oh, well, that's nice. That's good oh no, calm. it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's just how privileged I am now in in 2021 to be complaining about these things when, like, five six years ago, or when you were when you first went. You said 2006. You you went vegan. Yeah, yeah. yeah I so, think it was 2006. Yeah. So yeah, back then, um, just yeah, I remember those days. What was a, a a much harder time. Um, oh my gosh yeah so you know someone who doesn't really enjoy cooking like myself is like it was just (laughs) it was a nightmare (laughs) yeah i can i can imagine um yeah i remember trying to cook meals back then and i remember going i remember once trying to go uh, i had a vegan friend and i was going to uh we were going to go to a restaurant and i remember funny enough like you said earlier just asking um you know do you uh do you have a vegan option and and they actually said like what's vegan I i don't know what you what does that mean like what is vegan this was an italian and it was like wow okay this is gonna be a a difficult battle but um, oh gosh yeah it does feel like it's changing though it it feels like you know society as a whole is changing but also i think businesses have realized that that a lot of money can be made from 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 this it's not something that they're going to struggle uh if they do yes um and there's so many more people it feels like every year you know um veganuary comes around and 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 people start and and we just get more and more people it's it's amazing to watch it's been amazing to watch over the last sort of decade i guess um how how much it's grown because now it's yeah it's everywhere it's great 
Yeah, and I think this is just one of the many ways, you know, we can maybe save the environment that's in such dire need of saving, you know. Well, gotta, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as we talk about causes of global warming and all of that stuff, um, you know, it's uh, it's a big help with that for a start. Um, one of the biggest yeah. things we can do, in fact. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's really amazing. I didn't realize that you were uh, you were vegan from uh for such a long time and, and vegetarian since birth that's uh that's amazing it kind yeah, of dispels so, you know, the myth of like oh you can't you can't be a, a vegetarian or a vegan child you have to give a child meat and you know it's uh oh yeah. no that's it's, it's a cultural thing as well i mean yeah. if you look at other cultures if you look at people in asia or india and you know there, there are a lot of vegetarians they've never mm. eaten meat in their whole yeah, life and absolutely. they're strong um so yeah, it's, it's just a myth. And, and a lot of these myths I've learned are made up by, um, you know, dairy industry, yeah. by the dairy yeah, yeah. or the meat industry, because obviously they're threatened now. Um, so they have to they have to put things. And this is not me, you know, being totally Glastonbury and like <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> conspiracy theories. I don't I, you know. I'm not into that at all. But it just it does make sense, doesn't it? That, that, that all this stuff is out there, like eat your uh, what was it? eat fish or you you won't you won't be healthy or oh, omega-3 drink your from milk fish or, or yeah yeah or you know drink your milk or you have brittle bones and all this it's just <laughs> nonsense and and but but i i believe this too you know i didn't actually Everyone like did, i think milk. at some point you know um yeah you, you that's what you were taught in school that's what you yeah. were told by your parents who were taught that and you know that's that's what we were led to believe um so i i can kind of understand how how because i mean I, as someone who admittedly did at one point completely misperceive all of it um it's it's amazing how you can become desensitized to 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 what's going on um and it's only when you stop and look back on it you're like oh my god i can't believe i ever did that that's like insane um yeah but i guess that kind of herd mentality um and you know it being drilled into you from such a young age you just take it is read that that's what you should do and that's normal and it's it's perfectly fine and and it's only when you stop um and it's kind of interesting as well like the, the even the the smell of things now don't smell the same since i've stopped eating it you know like uh i think like bacon i used to love the smell of bacon if i smell it now i think it smells disgusting like actually smells really disgusting to me if i ever hear <laughs> if i ever smell it um but it, it's it's funny you you just kind of need to get those things out of your system. I think you need to stop for a yeah. while. Um, yeah, it's a little bit like when you're smoking and you stop yeah. smoking, and then suddenly you really don't like the smell anymore. You know, um, yeah. it's a bit like that. I think, and yeah, I had the same thing with cheese. Once I gave up cheese, I really couldn't stand the smell after a few months. So it, it smells awful, really doesn't it? Sick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can smell it's rotting milk. Ooh. I, I said to her, <laughs> I, I said to my fiance the other day actually that I. I obviously haven't had cheese for two years, but I imagine if I tried it now, I really wouldn't like it. I, I get the feeling because even the smell of it is just like, oh no, disgusting. Yeah, um, I had a cappuccino, a mouthful of cappuccino that was supposed to be dairy free a few years ago, and it wasn't, and I, it made me gag. It wasn't cheese, of course, but it was milk. Yeah, it was so sour and weird, and I just nearly spat it out on the table. You can taste it immediately. <laughs> it, it's funny. I ordered some. Um, some corn ham i think it was uh and that turned up and they'd substituted the vegan version for the vegetarian version and i didn't realize 
I just opened it and I tried it. And as soon as I tried it, I was like, this tastes off. It tastes like gone off to me. Um, right. and, it, and it had milk in it. And it was like instantly, I was like, I think that's what it is. I think that it's milk. I can taste the gone off milk in this. Oh. You know, um, <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing what your your body gets used to and, and how, you know, removing yourself from it can really help. Like you said, smoking is a, is a good analogy, actually, because, you know, um when you're smoking it seems perfectly normal and perfectly fine and and it's it's the habit isn't it and i think maybe eating meat and eating dairy is is a habit as well you know it tastes good to you because you're used to having it it's always been known as like oh cheese is a treat and it's kind of built in that you know it's a it's a nice treat um yeah you know you see it in the in in media all the time you know um cheese is is uh, I don't know. You always get those memes, don't you, about everything tastes better with cheese and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so it's kind of yeah, it's just almost ingrained. And until you stop, you know, I don't think you realise. Yeah, there was something. Oh, I, I'm really, I'm always really bad at um, like relaying scientific. Uh, oh, <laughs> scientific me too. Information, but there is something that I read um, years and years ago that really made sense why people are so addicted to cheese and I mean dairy cheese. Right. There's, the molecule that one of the molecules contained in cheese are very similar to uh, opiates or an opiate molecule. Oh, really? So you're actually addicted to it. So that's where you have to get off of it. Like, you know, it's almost like this, almost like a junky kind of yeah, behavior yeah. where you feel you just want more and more of it. And, and actually thinking about it when I was vegetarian, like I love cheese so much. It was a bit weird, you know. Like yeah. I had to eat oh, I did. all the oh, time. Oh my god, I was obsessed yeah. with cheese. Like I, I loved yeah. cheese more than probably, uh, well, almost more than anything. I think spice has always been a big thing with me. I love spicy food, so that's great because it's vegan. That's really easy. Most of the the spicy sauces are are still vegan, but cheese was huge. Yeah, yeah I loved cheese so much. Um, so it kind of yeah, you're but right. I, I think it was one. an addiction. Yeah, so once that's out of your system, and you know, the, the, then you, you, it, it's not the same anymore. It doesn't smell as good, and no. and that made sense to me back then. I was like, why did I? Why was I obsessed with it? Because if I have vegan cheese now, I the, obviously it's not the same thing. No, so I don't get the weird withdrawals. I don't yeah. feel yeah. like I yeah. want to eat it all the time. You know, you just you just eat it when whenever you fancy it, and that's not all the time for me. Um, whereas when no. you know, as a vegetarian. I want to cheese all the time so that makes sense that there's actually an addictive substance that in in cheese and that's weird to me it's interesting you... weird. yeah no it's interesting you say that because i i used to have cheese with with everything um and and like you now there are some great vegan cheeses and i really love them but i will only really have it like once a week if that um yes yeah, same here know. yeah. on cheat days <laughs> yes the, the, the good old cheat days you've got to give yourself treat uh cheat days they're they're absolutely key to to a clean diet i think i think you drive yourself a bit Definitely. mad if you don't give yourself at least one day to kind of look forward to yeah i mean it's not like i don't enjoy the foods that um, you know my clean eating yeah um foods, but it's just that you, you kind of feel um left out you know when, mm. when 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 friends when you hang out with friends or you know family comes over and they bring treats and and, and you can just never be part of it you, you just feel like the odd one out like oh yeah mira just eats spinach and nuts today you know <laughs> <laughs> like our diet's even weirder than it than it used to be <laughs> so um no it, and you know all the all, I, I love italian food i love yeah. pizzas and 
Luther and all that stuff. And I don't really want to miss out on that for the rest of my life. So yeah, you're right. And the, the key to a clean diet and good health sometimes for some of us is having cheat days. Yeah. And it makes it more special, actually. I feel like it's something to look forward to every week. So that makes the actual meal more special. I put more thought into it. Mm -hmm. I put thought into who I'm spending my cheat days with and what we're doing together. Where are we going? Or, you know, are we making it at home or not? And it's just, it just becomes far more of a thing. Whereas before then, when I wasn't on a clean eating diet and it was just a vegan diet and I ate whatever I wanted, um, it was, it wasn't as special, you know? You yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. No, now I, I now I cherish it more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. It's it's a good uh, it's it's a good place to be. And like you said, I feel so much healthier now uh, than I ever did before. Um, especially like you said, bringing it back to to singing. It's especially when it comes to your your throat and your breathing um, and your lungs. Uh, just yeah, dairy. Dairy is the devil. I think <laughs> getting rid of dairy yeah. is, is the it's biggest awful. change I found for sure. Yeah. Now, really I, awful. I'm conscious that I've taken up quite a lot of your time already. Um, but I can't let you go without talking about King's Quest. Because <gasps> No, no way, of course not. <laughs> I know that you, you have a, a massive love for point and click adventure games. Um particularly King's Quest, uh from from my memory. Yes. Absolutely, uh, it's, it's like part of my heart. <laughs> it is, and and I found it really lovely that uh, you you said you and your family play King's Quest every Christmas. Um, yeah, which I think is wonderful. Uh, I I really love that idea. I think it's really sweet. Um, oh, when is King's Quest your favorite game series? I think it is, isn't it? Yes, yeah, and the fifth one I think is my favorite, and the and. The second favorite has to be the second, actually, the remake of the second one. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, romancing the throne. When you when you have yes, to find, um, I forget her name. You you find your queen. Melanie. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Oh, such uh, such good memories. When did you first find King's Quest? Uh, I, I guess it was in the in the nineties, probably. I'm assuming. Yeah. So I was a kid, or we were kids, mm -hmm. and um, oh gosh, it was when hardly anyone had computers like my family yeah. is full of nerds and so we had computers really early on and to the point where when I went to school and and other kids or teachers would ask me what did you get up to and I'd be like I've been playing computer games like Mira, <laughs> don't make up things and lie you know you don't do that I'm, like, I'm not lying oh, it's true <laughs> it happened so, yeah so we were playing King's Quest 5 I think yeah and it was the funny thing is I think I yeah, it wasn't German, mm -hmm. but I I couldn't really read. I was still learning to read. So it was just a random game where I just clicked on things and basically died all the time. Because that's <laughs> that, what you that's, do. In oh, my God. Sierra games, <laughs> Sierra games are always awful for that. But King's Quest, yeah, it, it's one of those, like, instant death. Uh... <laughs> it's just, it just makes me laugh because they're, they're so hard to play when you can read and, and, and write anyway like imagine playing yeah. it when you can't even read and you're a kid you know I was about god how old was I I was under 10 of course so yeah, yeah I didn't know what I was doing but of course it was it was amazing you know I loved the colors and I loved the world and then mm. it became a family thing because we we were st still learning to to read and and write 
um, my parents joined in and my older brother to try and uh, solve all these these little riddles and quests yeah. and and that's how it became like a family thing and because that was that brought so much togetherness and everyone contributing to you know solving solving puzzles and yeah. you know it was just like it's so much better to have several brains on the case than just one person playing it so point and click adventure games have always been something that some something that i've played with other people i'm not really used to playing them on my own um and it was it's so cool because looking back at it now i we know exactly who solved what and um, <laughs> yeah. you know, how we got there how many months it took back then because we didn't have the internet oh, we couldn't God. just go and find a walkthrough we'd had to find a friend who had played the game and yeah it was to... it was all like talk to your friends in the playground how did you get past this what did you do you know i mean i look yeah. back i i think king's quest one i i never completed as a kid i completed it as an adult um i think it was the uh the rumple stiltskin puzzle i i could never get past it and it was like even wow. now as an adult i'm like how were you meant to figure that out um i know because it's meant to be you you find a note later in the game that says oh you need to do it backwards and you're like okay so i spell rumple stiltskin backwards but then it's not that you have to write the whole alphabet out backwards and then you pick the letters but where they would be in the alphabet if the alphabet was reversed and then also to make it worse they spelt rumplestiltskin wrong so like you've just got yeah. no hope of ever completing this game back then. um but god i love i love the king's quest series um i do you know funny enough i don't remember much about five i'm trying to think what happens in five um what happens oh, in well five? you yeah you lose your family um uh an evil wizard uh that's right. captures them Yes. and takes them away the whole castle you know king mm -hmm. graham is on a little stroll through the forest and he tries to return home to castle daventry and then the whole castle is gone yeah um just vanished and then the, this owl cedric uh sat there in a tree watching the whole thing yeah cedric tells graham what happened and takes him to his uh to his master crispin and then crispin helps us and you know and goes from there and then you're on a quest to try and find your family and it was just so you know, when you're a kid that's such a scary idea walking yeah. around and then your whole house is gone with your mum and everyone <laughs> i always remember now that you've said the owl that's reminded me of that game and i always remember the artwork in that game was fantastic um oh it's beautiful it, isn't it yeah i mean things have come a long way since like those kind of vga graphics that we got with king's quest one i mean you know 1984 five four somewhere around there i think king's quest one um and it's it comes so far and those graphics just looked incredible that the, the, they almost looked hand drawn all of the uh all of the the sprites and animation in that game it looked fantastic but it's such an enchanting series and such a uh i don't know it, it's such a nice series it's very wholesome i think the the king's quest series you know yeah, I'm really grateful that I, I um, had the privilege of growing up with it because yeah. it really paved um, so much of my moral values. It mm -hmm. sounds cheesy, but it's true. Not um, at all. It makes you, you know, admit it, in, in order to create good in the world, you, you have to put it out there and you don't do things, you don't give things away in the hope for getting something back. You're just genuinely trying to help people. And and this is how King's Quest works. And yeah. but, but by helping people, they end up helping you too. And mm. it's just really sharpened my moral compass. Um, obviously, you know, in conjunction with 
great parenting from of my course. mom yeah, but yeah. um and helped you know, that they were just, playing it with you as well you know yeah. yeah so king's quest is always amazing but it's not like it's you know it's it's a wholesome in a boring way as we said before, oh no you no, die not a at all. yeah you do die a lot <laughs> <You> die <all. laughs> and, and sometimes in quite violent ways um but um yeah i mean there's magic there and obviously a, most a lot of it is based on you know again brother grim fairy tales and i loved how they how they put everything together as one story you know? yeah so you'll, you'll be tales. like wandering along and then oh here's red riding hood and and her 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 grandmother and and all of that yeah i I love that and like medusa is just hanging out in this desert or or whatever um yeah blending of myths and blending of of different uh different myths and things throughout history is great yeah that's why in my um first album cover for words of hope that's why i wear the red riding hood cape and have the flowers in the basket oh that's amazing yeah that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> I dressed up as Possum from King's Quest Two. So that's um, incredible. I, I had no idea that that's what you were you were doing there, but it's obvious now. You said it. That's incredible. Yeah. So in the new album, in the new album, Curious Forest Spirits, there's a there's a song um, called Disciple of the Cloud, and that's also um, kind of inspired by King's Quest Two. Remember the horse? Yeah. Um, the, the the Pegasus that brings us up to um the was it the cloud spirit yeah yeah and he said i'm a disciple of the cloud and that just sort of stuck with me and um yeah and then i wrote the whole song not oh. about that scene but it's you know inspired by it so yeah king's quest is just huge such a big part of my life in that sense and yeah um such a cozy thing to revisit every year with oh, my I family I think it's such a lovely idea that you play that with your family every christmas i think it's just wonderful um and is, so is it specifically five that you tend to play at Christmas or do you pick a different King's Quest each time? Do you work your way through them? All of them, actually. We yeah. play all of them. Yeah, except for the eighth because we never really got into that one so much. Um, do you know, I don't bit... think I've actually even played uh, King's Quest eight. You know, it's quite no. dark, actually, compared to the others. And you don't play any of the other characters that you, you know, learn and love. It's uh, someone totally different what's his name uh connor Connor? Connor? yeah i think it's connor Connor, yeah 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 it's not yeah and it's not point and click either so it doesn't have the same cozy feel um Mm. yeah i've I've never i've never played it properly before um i know of it but uh it's not it's a good story don't get me wrong the Mm -hmm. story is always with king's quest it's great but yeah yeah not really not really our thing no um but yeah what i what I like about these old graphics is also that you're it's you, sort of you need to imagine things yes. more and by doing so you're you seem to be more engrossed in the whole storyline. It's a bit like reading a book versus watching a movie, you know, because Absolutely. you have to imagine things. Uh it's it seems to be a little bit um more immersive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. At least I at least that's how I feel about it. No, I agree. I I remember. I mean, funny enough, you were saying about morals and and your your kind of moral compass coming from from video games. And I had a much similar experience playing um the uh, Ultima series of of role playing games. Um and and Ultima Four in particular had the the entire game. You you were kind of like basically be a good person. Um, you know, go out and and yeah. do good deeds as a knight, and and you kind of. But you didn't have to. Um, but that was the, one of the first games I remember that if you mistreated someone in you know if you go and steal from from this shopkeeper um 
you get that free stuff because you stole it but later in the game you'll go back and try and ask for their help and they'll just be like no you you stole from me why would i why would i help you you know and it kind of you know there's a there's a great moral uh compass to a lot of those early games and i'm sure i'm sure a lot of modern games do it as well but obviously i didn't play as many of those um as as the the ones we grew up with but um yeah i i think there's there's some great morals in uh in in those kind of games like king's quest um they've got a lovely heart i think yeah yeah definitely it just makes me you know instant smile when yeah. i think about king's quest it's like you know comfort and um and inspiration all in one it's just amazing and the soundtrack oh, so beautiful yes. and cute <laughs> <laughs> well that's another musical inspiration the, the music of king's quest um i know right was it Mark Siebert um, who wrote most of the Kings for the soundtrack? I think. Uh you yeah you you may well be right. Um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure actually. Yeah, but, I think um, I looked it up some time ago, and I think isn't he a teacher now or something? Oh, quite possibly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it's amazing those games. I wish they'd uh, they they they'd bring them back. I know they did the the re- they've done so many remasters, but I'm like, do another one. Bring us a new Kings Quest. Is and, and if they could do it now in the old style. Just create another one in that old '90s graphic style. That would be yes, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I want to see. You know, I, I want to see like um, Daventry expanded because I always remember, especially in King's Quest One, I always find it funny that you 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 kind of traverse the whole world of of, of Daventry. And there's like maybe two houses in the whole place. There's like two people <laughs> yeah, that no, live there. Right? It's like there's like you know that that family that claim they're starving, um, even though there's plenty of food lying around as you walk around the uh, around the world. Um, but yeah, it's like you're like the king is like in charge of two houses. <laughs> so uh, so I'd love like a modern game that you know a, a modern game in the old graphics and give us more houses and show us that world which you know it did expand through the series but um oh such fond memories I, I couldn't let you go without talking about King's Quest No I know of course not um but no I think that just sparked a memory of King's Quest 8 I think you go through Daventry and it's more than just one house I'm sure it was yeah I'm sure it is now <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a shame what they've what what you know what they've done to the series now because I think obviously the rights have been sold off to another yeah. company. I forgot now well, who Sierra they were. Sierra aren't even but... around anymore, are they? Uh, Sierra. No, but... no, they've been long gone. But they've obviously launched a remake of King's Quest, and it's just not the same. I'm sorry, like it might it might be an unpopular opinion to those who love the game, but they even went as far as changing the original storylines, and I think that's where I just draw the line. You know, what have they done? Fair enough. Yeah, I think they changed the whole storyline of how Valenice and King Grand met, and that's just not on. Like, no, <laughs> that was that was fun um, going to to rescue her and and all of that stuff. That was great. Yeah, and I just feel like the latest is so goofy compared to the old King's Quest. Um, mm. And that just, art style, <laughs> it's just oh, yeah. it's timeless. That that kind of art style, I I do think is really timeless. Um, and when they try to it do really things in, in 3D or, or you know, all of that, it just loses a lot of that charm. It's great for modern games to, to look that way. But I think, you know, a series like King's Quest, um, it just needs to be in that style. Because I know they've they've made like new, um, like broken sword games and, and things like that. And those all seem to have stayed in that, the, the same style that they were in. And I don't know why we can't get that with King's Quest. Give us a new King's Quest that looks like that. Yeah. You know? 
what is this it's called the silver lining um which is a fan game um a continuation of king's quest oh, wow. but i think they never completed it unfortunately but oh, what they have done what and i and i think they will complete it they always say they will but mm -hmm. i'm not sure when but Usually, it's really oh... that's pretty sweet yeah that's a sweet one with a few chapters i think they only there's only one chapter also missing so that was made by fans uh for fans um silver lining that one was good i think it was phoenix online studios but i um i, I don't know if i ever told you and i kept meaning to if you love king's quest you might like mage's initiation which is by okay. himalayan studio i think um and it was the same guys and developers who made the remakes of king's quest oh so they, they were quite know. faithful those remakes weren't they yeah, so they really know what they're doing, and they created this game called Major's Initiation, and that's really lovely. There's a lot, there are a lot of King's Quest elements in there. You can see that it's been heavily inspired, without you know, without being too inspired. Of course, it's got its own storyline and everything. But yeah, I really recommend it. It's really, I will really sweet. Check that. I didn't know that existed, so I will definitely yeah, check that out. Come out quite well i say recently it's probably a couple of years now but we've all been waiting for it for a long time it was in a in, in the making for like i don't know something like 10 years right so uh yeah check it out you might I like will. it i will i will get you to type that in the in the chat afterwards so that i don't forget yeah i will um, <laughs> did you ever play space quest or any of those games or was it just king's quest that, that interested you you know i tried space quest but that was even harder. Like, <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of even more unforgiving. Um, and that was just in English when I when I yeah. still only spoke German, so I was so lost. You know, it was again just dying all the time. It's a bit day. of a come down as well, I think, from King's Quest. You know, you're you're playing like a knight or a king in King's Quest, and then you're playing a janitor in uh, in Space Quest. <laughs> it's just not quite. You know, it's not the same. <laughs> No, it's not. And I think I've, I've I've always been more into fantasy than um than sci-fi so much. I've never really been someone who was mm. into like spacey stuff too much. There, uh -huh. there are exceptions, of course, but yeah, I think it was more always fantasy that I was into and magic and that kind of world. Yeah, and and of course that yeah. that does uh, that brings us nicely full circle back to uh, back to your music. Um and the new album coming out in a couple of months. I'm I'm really excited to hear it. And um so have you got uh, you've got uh album cover by the the uh the photographer who worked on the last album. Um and uh have you got a music video with him as well this time again or Oh, right. And, um, no, there's no music video for that one. Um, this album covers by Joseph Hunwick. So it's the uh, same photographer who shot my portrait for Heart Armor. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Sorry for so that. Was, that was the single. So, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, what was the question? Sorry, I was just so down. Oh, I was sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My brain was still in King's Quest. Like. Oh, we can stay in King's Quest. I'm happy to stay in King's Quest forever. King, let's talk about this King's is what Quest happens. all night. This is what happens when you mention it. I'm just in Daventry now. Like, yeah. Oh, you're gonna go back. Well, it's Christmas soon, so you'll be you'll be revisiting Daventry in 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 no time. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I was just saying, you, you know, your 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 new album. Um, I, I'm excited to hear it, and uh, and uh, yeah, I, I yeah, it's uh. Is it, oh, is thank it, you. Yeah. So excited to share it. It's been mm. a long time coming, you know. 
<laughs> yeah is it uh is it a similar style is there anything kind of different because you said heart armor was quite experimental for you it was like a uh you know a, a diversion um is this is this one more in line with um you know realm of unicorns or uh woods of yes Earth? yeah yeah absolutely it's sort of like a mixture between both of those of mm-hmm. um realm of the unicorns and woods of pop so some people uh, who liked Realm of the Unicorns mentioned that they missed my vocals in it because they aren't they aren't really prominent, and then other people, other listeners really loved the um, instrumental elements. So mm-hmm. with my latest album, Curious Forest Spirits, I'm trying to merge the two. I'm going I'm, I'm trying to put quite a few instrumental tracks in there as well as somewhere I'm singing a little bit more as to cater to you know both um, audiences. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, hopefully people will enjoy it. I'm sure they will. Um, now, the most important question of the entire evening. Will Snoo be on the album? Because I know he's done a song before. <laughs> yeah, he's had his own single. He has. He did <laughs> a single. <laughs> he did. Um, you know, those are all his melodies, by the way. I know. All I did yeah, I know. Yeah, before. yeah. Yeah, he so uh, he wrote it in the bathtub. Yeah, he loves <laughs> he loves music. And <laughs> oh, um, no, he's he's always part of my writing process, but he's sort of usually in the background, you know. Um, yeah. And he won't he when I when I record my vocals, believe it or not, he is absolutely silent, and it's That's amazing, isn't and, it? Yeah. Yeah, because he won't shut up. Like otherwise, <laughs> like, <laughs> no matter what you do, he's noisy because mm. he's a parrot, right? Yeah, and he yeah. loves expressing yeah. himself. And but then he knows when I record, he knows what I'm doing. He knows he's, he needs to be quiet when he doesn't. He, I mean, sometimes I think, oh, it'd be great to have some random snoo noises on there. And maybe I can incorporate it to my music. But he just won't. He just sits there and listens. And oh. you know, he's always he's always part of the writing process. Um, he always he he even sometimes tells me what he likes and what he doesn't like, <laughs> um, which is really cute um so yeah he's not there isn't a song by him on there but uh yeah but his, he's always his part presence of it. is felt yes he's always there so that everything that i write has got something to do with snoo anyway he's always part of it yeah <laughs> oh we'll have to come and meet him sometime i've never met snoo but, i know um, I, I see him all the time on your instagram and, and whatnot he's adorable oh he'd love him and he'd love you yeah <laughs> yeah he, he grew up with King's Quest too. It's his, I suppose he childhood. did. Yeah, yeah. He probably knows. Yeah. The, he probably knows the secrets better than we do at this point. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, was it the thirty third Hatch Day coming up for him now? Oh my goodness! Yeah, That's Guy Fawkes Night is when he hatched. Oh really? That tells you all you need. Yeah, it tells you all you need about him. <laughs> he loves fireworks, unlike most pets and mm-hmm. animals. He absolutely loves them. Thinks it's all for him. <laughs> <laughs> my cat's indifferent to uh to fireworks really? he, he doesn't care either way um he was cool. he was feral for a few years of his life so i think he's just used to Aww. it he just doesn't tend to bother him that much uh thankfully no, but... I mean, it's horrible for a lot of animals but i'm glad snoo doesn't mind them no so he thrives had... on loud noises <laughs> he likes to make them himself so uh, i guess he... <laughs> he does. so you've had well, him since, uh, since he hatched yeah um yeah we've had him when i was about five years old or something so yeah 
it's always been with me <laughs> bless him well thank you for your time and sorry for the absolute nightmare in getting this no, set up this no. evening we had nothing but problems but we did get there in the end um yeah, no worries at all <laughs> thank you for having me it's been oh, such no, a pleasure absolutely and, finally um, have a catch-up as well yeah it was nice to finally catch up and uh yeah so your new album hopefully in a couple of months um i'll put this uh, a link in the description to you know all of mira's uh various places where you can find mira and her music uh but mira morningstar.com is it yes or yep. co.uk whichever one you like ah great so there you go miramorningstar.co.uk or .com um, and links in the description to all of Mira's things but uh, thank, thank you Mira it's been, uh, it's been fantastic <laughs>